Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to the conversation. The following is part two of our two-part episode entitled, Three Reasons Why the Black Church Matters. So anyway, first point, um, yes. and it kind of comes off of what we talked about last time. Uh, we kind of got into this idea that uh, it's the same church. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? um, it's not like God was doing something among the white people, and then he said, oh, you know what? I'm going to do something over here too, Right, right, right. and I'm going to divide my time. Right. Right. Um, or that like, you know, God's doing this, Spirit's doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, back in the you know, back in the days, in a sense when some of the strongest days of what it meant to be uh have a Christian influence in our country mm-hmm. was happening both white and black places. Um and so I think for whites we sort of have a view of the church in our country as Primarily white institution, mm-hmm. and certainly uh, denominationally, certainly uh, sociologically, certainly culturally, certainly in its organizations, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. But it isn't that way in God's view. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is the church. There is one church, and it was expressed. And and one of the things we've talked about is just okay, okay, the the mysterious providences of God. He can. He can do amazing things in this church and in this church, even though this church is oppressing mm-hmm. this church. Ooh, yep. um, it doesn't mean okay, everything that happened in the in the white church was trash. Mm-hmm. It just meant okay, we we we've got to we got to wrestle yep. with that. We got to wrestle with that. And I, you know, part of my desire, I kind of got into to reading about this because I feel like I don't know my history. Mm. You know, I read a lot of history, <laughs> I don't know it. Because yeah. there's a whole group of people that weren't factored in. Yes. Yeah. Or they're just victims. Mm. Or they're they're just kind of what happened. Yeah. And then slavery. Yeah. Slavery is a it's a big category. It's not real people and it's not real communities and those kind of things. So I so you know, starting in Philadelphia, I kind of said, let me just drill down here because this is kind of where things really birthed in a lot of yeah. ways. And and interestingly, our country and the black church get birthed at almost the same time, mm-hmm. uh, literally a year or so apart, and so uh, so they they grow up yeah. together, and there's, there's always this battle for, and we'll talk about this in another session. But there's always this battle for. Listen, we're here too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be part of what's going on here. Mm. We want to be part of what's happening because we're not rushing out. I don't have a quote, the quote exactly, but he's basically saying, you know, why would I want to go anywhere else this mm. is where i've shed my blood yeah as a people mm. this is my blood is watered this ground yeah <laughs> why why would i want to go anywhere else yeah. so just give me a place here that's all i'm asking mm. and uh so i think that to me for us as american white christians to say listen there's a whole part of who we are as the church yeah. that i don't really understand um Therefore, I don't really understand who I am, mm. and I say that to say don't go and don't go and just say you know let's look for guilt, let's right, go find right. out where we're guilty. Um, this you know you're going to hear me talk a lot about things that seem to be critiquing my own culture, mm. uh, even critiquing America. I love being American. I just want to include yeah. 
everybody who was one (laughs) (laughs) in my appreciation of it yes and uh and try to deal with those things in my own heart that keep that from happening Mm -hmm. so first one is simply this we need to do it because it's it's uh you know this is our church yeah and it doesn't mean we can appropriate it it doesn't mean that we can assimilate it okay let's just turn let's just put a chapter in our book and show how great we were through this and what we've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's appreciate it at the black church as it is and why it existed and what it, and and you know, there's another point that's going to come up about what we can gain from it. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. That's good. Back to me. Back to you. Okay. Um, there, there, there's so much history that is not just talked about, like. Um, as I was looking up certain things around this, and there's a, a brother named George Kelsey, Dr. George Kelsey, who, like, I, I wanna, I wanna be able to sit in the room, because he was the guy that had such a huge influence on kind of the academic side of Martin Luther King Jr.'s mm-hmm. upbringing in regards to taking the Christian faith and applying it, like. When MLK started to have his doubts about like, okay, can this Christian faith actually do what, like, if I, if I follow these principles here, if I believe these things, is that going to lead me to live this way? Yeah. Uh, Dr. George Kelsey had his PhD in Yale, from Yale in philosophy. And so it would be like, you know, after, after services um, or after classes, after lectures and things like that, MLK would, would uh, I think Dr. Walter Strickland talked about, he would just question him to death like just just rail him and berate him with all these questions and uh dr george kelsey was able to really bring like truth and the veracity and the truth that is found in scripture to like no no no, scripture holds up like Mm -hmm. this this holds up and you know there's countless of uh uh, of of people who are kind of in the shadows in the background of yeah. kind of what happened as the black church continued to develop and as the church continued to participate in the civil rights movement and all these different kind of things. And another name that's been floating around lately would be Charles Octavius Booth, yeah. uh, who was born on June 13th, which is also my birthday. Yeah. That means absolutely nothing, but I'm happy. About- <laughs> we'll celebrate it here. We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate this is, that. This is our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> and, um, his story is just is just amazing. So he was a uh, a sharecropper. Mm-hmm. He was illegally taught how to read from like these little magnets on a tin can, and he got interested in law. And the law was so heavily rooted in scripture back then that he actually got saved mm. while studying law. Mm. So he went on. He became a pastor, and uh, he was realizing that like. This is this is like 1870s. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and he and he's really yeah. Sorry, we, we jumped back a little ways, um, but he's realizing like we. I want these people to understand these things, but the books out here are way, way, way too high above their head. And so he actually wrote this uh, systematic theology uh, called Plain Theology for Plain People because the people yeah. he's preaching to and leading, they're like farm workers and different things. They're sharecroppers. And, you know, they're not educated. So he takes these wonderful, big theological truths and presents them in a way that is digestible and understandable. And uh, that book actually has just been republished a few years back, again, by Dr. Walter Strickland. Mm-hmm. He's getting like 10 shout outs in his yeah, episode. Is, I'm, I'm yeah. good for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just, you know, just the, the way that God was just able and to do And it's not, it, 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 it's, it's as plain, 
plain truth for plain people. Plain theology for plain people, people. Yes, it, it it doesn't read like the title. It's oh yes, deep. no, it's, it is. Yeah. It is a rich book. It's like, rich. It's rich. You were, you were talking about how you use that for uh, your Advent reading. Yeah, uh, his section on the uh, incarnation yes. is one of the most you know God glorifying. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. That's Buy awesome. it. <laughs> Buy the man's book. You heard it here. Did I, did, I talk, did we talk about the political aspect of the church, the black church yet? And how? Not yet. Okay. So another distinctive, this one's a little tricky, but was a necessity uh, as, as the black church started and went. Um, pastors are orators. Like they're, they're, they ought to be, <laughs> ought to be good at speaking. Yeah. And, um, as they are representatives of their congregation, representatives of the people, and with all the community service that they would be doing, they would have such a close ear to the ground of how politics would affect their members. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yes, yeah, so they're preaching the gospel on Sundays, uh, but they're also involved in their local government in a very particular way. I think um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find which source this was from that I was looking through, but just he's like, uh, it was it was Dr. Strickland again. Uh, he said black parishioners had to be polit- politicians as well. Um, and they had to be because if things around them didn't change, th- their people would stay under the shackles of, of segregation and stay under, mm-hmm. the, under the shackles of what is literally and physically op- oppressing them um, from thriving and doing things that scripture commands in a lot of ways as well. Like... Um, y- you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to be a light when when uh, you're seen as less than human. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and so uh, creating a, a context for his church people to thrive, the pastor would be involved politically, um, would know the mayor of the city, would know these different kind of people and would have good relations with them, which would be hard to build yeah. uh, as a minority in those times. Because, you know, uh, not only is it a minority speaking to a majority man. But it's also, you know, the uh, the political different levels too of this person who's trying to rise up in government. You know, get, getting seen with with a black person in those days is not a, a shining gold star yeah. um, of how diverse and inclusive you are. It is actually a shameful thing yeah. back then. And so, um, but the pastor had to represent the church. The pastor felt a burden to care for his people in that way. And so yeah. there was just kind of an expected political involvement to some degree um, for the pastor as Which well. Which is why, you know, in the early days of civil rights, most of the leaders mm. were pastors. Exactly. They were just the natural people. And yep. they did know. Yes. Um, they did know the, you know, the, the, uh, the leaders in the, in, in the, in the city mm-hmm. um, and knew how the politics worked. And uh, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I got second one for me again, uh, black church, for white folks, um, <laughs> uh, there are themes that emerge in historical African American church context that I don't think we as a white church have generally considered. They're biblical themes mm-hmm. that I think are really important, yeah. and I just think. And again, uh, it's not that there isn't theology on there. You know, Lord knows there's plenty plenty of stuff out there. But I think as as Christians, white Christians, they're not themes that rise high on our list a lot of times mm-hmm. in terms of how, how we fa- we express our faith. So just a few of those are, of course, we, we talked a little bit about 
the Exodus theme yeah, yeah. is is monumental. Yes. And we talked about that a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. But uh, but one aspect of that is that it it it's salvation in community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you know God saving a people. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think uh, American Christianity informed a lot by the Enlightenment, a lot by uh, sort of radical individualism, mm-hmm. tends to view salvation almost entirely as individual. Right. Not that it isn't, but we're saved into something. Mm-hmm. We're not just me, individual, saved, ready for heaven. You know, I'll get my own way. Yeah. Um, we're we're saved into community. We're part of, and God saves a people, and He works through a people, and yeah. He and He settles a people. And the story of the Bible is a story of a people. And I tell people a lot of times, you know, again. This isn't a black-white issue. It's just more of an American issue. The right, tendency right. to read the scriptures as if they're primarily me individually right, right. Is, a, is a misreading of them mm-hmm. in terms of priority. Yeah. You know, they're written to God's people across time and across mm-hmm. culture, of which we are a part. And so literally you can't read, particularly, you know, certainly the Old Testament. New Testament, you can't read the New Testament yeah. individually and say, I get it. Mm-hmm. You have to read it. I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know? You have to read it as two people mm-hmm. and uh, for God's, God's people in preparation for mission here and, and worship in eternity. So I think that's an issue that we could really benefit from is, okay, the, the black church had to think in community. Mm-hmm. Individual, individuality was, you know, in, in the slavery, individuality was stripped away from you day by day. Mm-hmm. You woke up in the morning and they started taking it away. Mm-hmm. And and you didn't stop taking it away until you went to bed, and that's when you had when you were asleep, you basically had who you were. Right. Um, mm. So, but you have one day off a week uh, for rest. Yeah. And so, what do you do? You gather together as a people to yeah. rebuild your identity, mm. mm-hmm. to uh, to re- reestablish who we are, and that's what the church long services yeah. come from. The idea once we go back, once we leave here, we go back into being stripped away. Yeah. As individuals, and so the the community is huge, and um, so I think that's a big one. And the idea of deliverance, yes. uh, you know, oh, man. Uh, deliverance as a people, mm-hmm. um, it's just a it's a gospel theme. I think we could really benefit from knowing more about. Uh, I think another one, um, uh, a fully orbed church community, yes, where we're doing mission together, we're doing service together in the community, where you know we're established and we're. We're not just kind of sort of sequestered up to ourselves and, you know, separate there, you know, the whole idea that we just kind of gather on Sundays and that's a private thing. Don't bother us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's be part of the community we're in. Um, uh, a third one is uh, vibrant, expectant prayer and worship. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I think I think there is a tradition, you know, it can be kind of, you know, it, it can be parodied a little bit mm-hmm. what it means to 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 pray and worship. Yeah. But the idea that number one, it's vibrant. If I'm doing this, I'm mm-hmm. doing it fully. Yes. Formality is, and there's a right. place for quiet. Mm-hmm. There's a place for there's you know you know we're not talking about irreverent. Right. And we're not talking about times where, uh, we're settling your soul, but is is important. But there, this idea that when I pray, I pray wholeheartedly. Yes. Yep. And I pray expectantly. Yes. You know, I can't make it happen mm-hmm. without prayer. It ain't going to happen. And so that desperate prayer yes. 
it's very hard for people who are in a majority culture to be desperate in prayer unless they face personal crisis. Right. Um, and we're not taught to be desperate in prayer until we get to right. crisis, and that's a hard time to learn. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I think that, you know, can we learn something from the from the black church about being desperate in prayer? Mm. Um, and then the first, th- fourth one I had was uh, just an eschatological hope. Yes, we, goodness. you know, we we chop and dice, uh, um, we chop and dice eschatology, <laughs> yes. like like in all kinds of weird ways, mm-hmm. and we we debate it, and we. You know, and and we get all fascinated by the by concepts. all these kind of things. Yeah. And but I think the black church looks at it and says, you know, at some point in time, I'm getting out of here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm kind of focused on that now. You know, I don't care whether Jesus comes before or after, <laughs> who comes down, who goes up. I don't really care that much. No, I just want to be with heaven. I want to be. Yeah, I want to be here. Yes, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and so that's a you know we need that yeah you know we don't prepare for life after death yeah we it's not our it's not our deal mm-hmm. you know we pray for life here um, and so and we don't prepare for life with nothing yeah. you know in our lives you know we I, there's a whole place I can go yeah. but this idea that mm-hmm. you know it really the end does matter yes preparing for for I think I think that the, the, the the Puritan culture taught us to die well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think, but I don't think we know how to live well in view of mm-hmm. yeah. eternity. Yeah. And I think we can learn that. So those are some things. That's good. I got, there's one more thing you brought up that I don't even know what triggered it, but, uh, so I don't know. This is like number 29 for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But just, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure how to describe it, but there's there's sort of like a, uh, not an I don't care what you think, yeah, but kind of a like, if there is truth here, we need to like talk about it. Like, yeah. you know, there, there, there's a truth that we're, we're going to talk about what's, what's going on. We're yeah. going to talk about what's really going on yeah. because if I don't talk about what's going on, how do I know that you guys are going to talk to each other about what's going on? So like if there is some type of catastrophic event or some sort of thing that happened in the news that is crazy, like it's going to get addressed and it's not even going to be like, you know, I I love, I love the way we do things and I love how how careful we are, but there's not going to be this parsing of like, I got to make sure every comma and and sentence and and period is done right. So I don't offend anybody. There's like, you know, sometimes truth is offensive and God has something to say about this. And here's what the word of God bears on your life in light of what's just been going on. And I think that translates into other things too. Like, you know, there's such a, there can be such a fear and again, I don't want to broad brush, but I think I, I'm going to practice this. I'm just speaking truth. You know, there can be such a fear of being associated with a certain tribe or certain kind of people yeah. that like Christians are like afraid to chew the meat and spit out the bones mm-hmm. of people they don't agree with on every single point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people can get canceled left and right in evangelical circles. Like there's like a, oh, this tweet this person did, like, a month and a half ago, I, I, I actually going to pull down, pull out this quote from my sermon, 
even though this person is talking about something completely different in this yeah. context, speaking truth about this passage of scripture that is is helpful and is going to serve my people, I'm going to pull it out because I don't want them associating this me with this quote yeah. that he did because of this tweet that he did a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, we don't got time for all of that. Like, yeah. I can I can I cannot agree. I can quote somebody without giving them a wholesale. And I, I think there's sort of like a does not compute in uh, white evangelical spaces yeah. uh, in regards to that. It's like, if I quote someone, I'm endorsing to you all of their books. I'm endorsing you all of their tweets. I'm endorsing yeah. you all their, all their text messages that they sent. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not, that's not exactly what that means. Yeah. So um, I don't even know how to wrap that up into a, a nice point of just, yeah. um, Let's not try to present ourselves as as so impressive, because we're not impressive. Yeah. Let's not present ourselves in such a way in which you know every single person that we come in contact with has a clean and perfect record and a perfect slate. Yeah, because that person doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there, there. I just wish there was a bit more freedom in pulling resources because people say helpful things, um, and if we did that with all the the. <laughs> The, the figures in history that yeah. we do like to quote, like the Puritans and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was, sorry, real quick tangent. I was just thinking. Because I got a tangent on your tangent. Okay. So, just, <laughs> so don't, you know. Yes. One thing I was just thinking. Don't you know, out-tangent me. Because, you know, we like, reformed dudes love Puritans. And yeah. we're all aware of, of the slaveholding, slave trading, and chattels on, yeah. uh, on slave ships, things like that. But, you know, there was this one uh, Puritan, I'm sure there are others, who like, was like, you know, no, the slave is your brother. Mm-hmm. Like, this man deserves the gospel of Jesus Christ. This man needs to be treated as Baxter an equal. Baxter said that. Hmm? Richard Baxter said that. Was it Richard Baxter? Okay. Yeah, he's among, I think probably others, but he's... Okay, because yeah. the dude I'm talking about was also like heavily involved with the Salem witch trials and was tossing yeah. women off of cliffs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that well... That wasn't Richard Baxter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shoot, man. Like, right. you know, yeah. it, everybody's messed up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And so that that's essentially what my point, yeah. okay. what my point was. <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, my little, my little tangent is this, you know, based on what you were saying about... Uh, you know, just why do we kind of have to parse things so carefully? Mm. Um, I think there's reason to in a culture yes. we live in. Yes. Yep. Uh, because because we can't control how people hear what they hear. Right. We're not just sitting in a pulpit. And if you weren't there, you I probably hear just it. got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this. I yeah. think that the history of the Christian church in America, as it's expressed in, in white dominant culture mm-hmm. worlds, has been proliferation of churches and denominations mm-hmm. over differences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the old, the old thing well you know congregational churches split yes yeah. presbyterian denomination is split yeah yeah and uh and that's just two things but uh um but that's you've been able to because it you can just pick up and go and yeah. you know start something else what if you were somebody who this is the only church I got. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, I, I can't go down the street. Yeah. I can't launch something else. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's conflict and there's, right, right. you know, but I, uh, the idea that it, membership isn't just kind of where we sort of choose to land. Mm-hmm. It's this is the people I've got. Yeah. And uh, so I think the, one of the things about if we're going to understand church membership right. well, I think understanding that that membership isn't just where you sign on a paper. It's yeah. 
yeah, this is the people yes. to whom God's called me, and I'm going to work out the differences here. I'm mm-hmm. not going to just pick up my stuff and go somewhere else. Yeah. So that's a, I think that's an implication we can learn as a white. So I, I slipped a fourth one in there. There we go. There so, we go. We'll catch it. Yeah. 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 We're evening it out. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's all I've. That's all I've got. Do you got anything? I got one else? more. You got one more. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is something that hit me really hard. Uh, there is a, a an increasing sense among believers in our country that things are shifting. Mm-hmm. That, however, we think about the idea of being a Christian country or mm-hmm. Judeo Christian values in our country and government and all that kind of stuff, there's a sense we have that the good days are over. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not a question of if, it's a question of when yeah. the church will be opposed in the culture. Right. We know that from Europe. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, you start out. I mean, it, Europe has the church has become somewhat irrelevant from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're in that. We're more likely to be uh, moving to a place where we're going to start to feel we're losing things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, potentially oppression. And if history holds, mm-hmm. world history holds, eventually this country will not support Christianity. Right. Uh, there's been no place where the longest experiment mm. that's ever existed wow. of a nation where the, the the church has been at the center of the way it's under the culture's understood itself, mm. and that's coming to an end. Mm. We don't know how to deal with that. No, you know we don't know how to be like not okay with people. <laughs> uh, it hurts. Yeah. You know it's painful. It we feel robbed. We feel oppressed sometimes you know you feel like it's not fair it's not fair what, what about our rights you know that the, the kind of thing you feel like okay you can say all these things but if yeah. i say this yeah you know i'm kicked out of my school yeah i'm kicked out of my job uh i can't i and i can't say this is simply what i believe because i'm being increasingly told it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you get it from it's wrong yeah. and you can't believe it we haven't been trained, right? But there is a tradition in our culture mm-hmm. that was birthed and trained to live and prosper under that, right? <clears throat> and I think we need to go to school. Yeah, you know, I, I'm. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm saying, okay, I, I need some mentoring here. That's great. You know, I need the black church to mentor me. So I don't lose the gospel, mm-hmm. and I don't shame Jesus, yeah. and I don't live in fear, mm-hmm. and I don't count on this world to deliver what I got. Right. And so to me, as, as a white Christian, that's why I need the black church mm-hmm. historically yeah. to speak into my life. That's good. That's really good. We good? I think we're good. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Later. Later.